Let us not be ashamed to speak what we shame not to think. Michel de Montaigne In a realm abound with fragility and fabrication, truth is forced underground. We must, as sentinels do, provide sanctuary to the marketplace of ideas. And so, let us prepare to proclaim boldly and contend forthrightly before the court. This is Candor and Counter. This is our counter episode for altruism. That's right. I'm David. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. So hopefully you've listened to our uh, candor episode for altruism. And if you did some studying with us, noticed how wrong we were. <laughs> well, not not completely. Well, yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's like, I mean, it was altruism is so generally... Is misconcepted a word? I don't know. I think like, I would so say generally that so misunderstood. Many, I would say that so many people have different views on the word. I mean, when you go to look it up, you're like, 30 minutes later, you're like still trying to figure out what it means. Right. Yeah. Because you can say someone's altruistic and mean like, oh, well, they're a benevolent person. Yeah. And what, it, yeah, what it really relies on, <clears throat> excuse me, is what certain things mean to you and like what definitions or what words mean what yeah so for like, like values and stuff it, it really seems that like most people who think of altruism think of altruistic tendencies and that's not, what we came to the no yeah we, we did the same thing yeah really. the altruistic tendencies versus altruism are quite different yeah i know in the episode we said like is it a philosophy? And then we were all like, no, it's no, not no, like no. a full philosophy. <laughs> we were completely wrong because there it's a full on extreme philosophy. Now, I think that it's probably a lot more rare than like when you get to digging into stuff online, you can start to think that, oh, people believe this. And there are people that believe altruism out to its fullest. But I don't think that you're probably never going to meet one. Definitely. Like, it's very hard. Human nature just gets in the way too much. What, one thing that I would like to bring up, the person who coined the term, which I, I think should, if we're going to talk about altruism, we should talk about the person who, who came, I don't want to say came up with the idea because altruism as an idea exists mm -hmm. before. Right. Mm -hmm. But so August Comte said, while it is important to acknowledge the innateness of sympathetic instincts, one is forced to admit their native weakness. The supremacy of the egotistic tendencies is so clear that it, it is itself one of the most striking traits in our nature. The great human problem is to reverse the natural order and teach ourselves to live for others. It, it's definitely not just... It, it's the complete abolishment of egotistical... Right. Yeah. Tendencies. Yeah. I think that when you go to looking through altruism, you're going to come across a lot of different perspectives on it as a philosophy. And there's no, I think there's no denying that altruism hasn't done the world good. I think that we agreed on that last time too. Certainly. Yeah. It has its place. But the question is, right. is that a realistic perspective is drawing altruism out to its fullest and saying, 
you have to abandon oneself totally and completely. I, I think Compte, is that how you say his name? Compte? Yeah. Compte? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> but I, he's not claiming that, you, that to totally abandon oneself, right? He says... So he says the great human problem is to reverse the natural order and teach ourselves to live for others. Yeah. So I, I guess he doesn't put it to an extreme. Not specifically, I should yeah. say. He doesn't specifically put it to an extreme. The work, by the way, that this is posted in is... I don't know if it's called a paper. Because it was like... I, I forgot when it was made. Anyway, it's old. <laughs> and it's called System of Positive Polity. By the way, any of our sources that we use, anything that we read from on the podcast is going to be posted currently in our Facebook comments on this episode's post. We're going to try to work on a solid future solution. But right now, if you go to our Facebook page and you go to, is altruism a good or bad thing? Then you'll find all of our sources listed there. You can read through them. And if in the future you ever see something that you want to send to us, you can put it there and we'll read it before the show. We'd really appreciate that, actually. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so if you did any searching on altruism, you're going to come across a name pretty frequently, and that's Ayn Rand. And that's because of her relationship to the ego. Yeah. Her view of the ego is very vocal. Her philosophy, if there were something to directly oppose altruism, that would be it, right? That's like the opposite. Yeah, I think the only thing other than that is because I wouldn't say that she... I wouldn't say that she subscribes to pure selfishness as much as the ego itself. Yeah, yeah. We both, all of us, I'm sorry, all watched a clip on Jordan Peterson. You can find on our Facebook page there that really breaks down how the two are one. And I think that we touched on that a little bit in the last episode, did we not? Yeah, a little bit. There were themes of like unity. Yeah, like making a decision that impacts you is still a decision that impacts other people. You can't act like your perspective or your decision or your philosophy or whatever, your view toward helping other people doesn't help you. You can't say that it only does one thing or the other. They're not mutually exclusive. And so being altruistic and benefiting oneself or not to be viewed yeah. as a a zero-sum game, right? Where right. Like when one loses, the other wins. Yeah, you can't define it like that. Yeah. He said one thing that really caught my attention. He said, there isn't anything, or there isn't such a thing as self-interest. And that, I don't know, that struck some kind of chord that just like resonated in it. I'm not going to lie to you. Between all the sources that I read through and all the sources that I watch, that, how long was that clip? Four Three minutes, minutes or something? Yeah. yeah, very short. So that one video left me with a lasting impression and I'm not trying to jump ahead to the end of this episode, but I'm just going to say, I don't think that altruism exists separate from selfishness or selfless. Right. I mean, um, egoism or self-interest or whatever. They're all related. I, I think that he hit the nail on the head when he said that it's just the wrong, it's a poorly formed argument. And we listened, you know, I listened and listened. I listened to, 40-minute lectures on altruism, but the entire lecture, it's really left... Every answer is binary. You know, he's like, it's either this or this. It's like, if you're interested in yourself, you do this. If you're interested in somebody else, you do this. That's not the real-world application of altruism. Yeah. So, you know? as altruism is... I don't want to say defined, 
made apparent to others. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes very... What do you mean made apparent? Like what it truly means? As it is shown to others for its true self, quote unquote. It's very obvious that a real world example would be near impossible to come across. Right. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever met anyone yeah. that's 100% altruistic yeah. and self-sacrificial? Have you ever like, met anyone in your entire life? The human way? experience... Exactly. The human experience and the idea of true altruism just don't mix at all. Yeah, it's just like being, like I said, being human gets away. There's so like the trolley problem. This yeah, can yeah, sort yeah. of play into that. Like, yeah. you know, if you could push someone in front of a trolley to save five others that are about to get hit, would you do it? Most people wouldn't have the gall to physically in real life. Yeah, but it's like you know we were talking about the relationship to real life. It's like a lot of those thought experiments can't translate. Can't, I guess that's true. They can't translate to human experience. But how many humans have to divert a train? Yeah. And I think that, do you know what a straw man argument is? I do not. That's a foreign concept to me. Okay, so a straw man argument is where you create, a straw man is made, created, right? It doesn't exist, and then somebody takes straw and makes a man. That's Oh, I, okay, I, I, I got you. I got so you. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a created straw man that is then attacked, Okay. So the straw man argument is when your opponent creates a fake perspective that you hold, creates a perspective that you don't hold and then attacks it. I'm not sure the attack, the attack, the opposition from Ayn Rand is totally baseless. Not that it doesn't have anywhere to land, right? I'm not saying that there's zero people in the world that believe like Ayn Rand portrays altruism to be. I was going to mention that. The way Ayn Rand approaches altruism is definitely one of the most extreme views you'll yeah, ever it's, find. It's the worst yeah. type of altruism. When they make the arguments, Ayn Rand's arguments, which are sort of made in her place by her contemporaries, I think that they portray it as this is what altruism is. Yeah. But it's a false depiction. You think? It's a false depiction as in... Yeah, like you were saying, in how it's applied and how it really has its place in... They're attacking someone who is so completely altruistic that they will not feed themselves because there's someone exists somewhere in the world who they can give that food to. And they're saying that you can't be that way. Ayn Rand is saying that you can't, you're lying to yourself because you still eat. And so when every time you eat, you're violating your philosophy. And I feel like that's an extreme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To to that point, I definitely don't. One one of those, it'll kill you if you follow the ethic. Yeah. And they're saying to survive, you have to, that's why they're saying it goes against human nature and that oneself, the ideas for self-preservation and self-interest are really the driving factors of human being. And that I agree with. And I, I think that's true. You couldn't operate as a human being under a completely self-sacrificial manner. But yeah, that's not how altruism totally works. I think that's definitely not. I mean, it just can't work that way because it, people can't yeah. be altruistic if they just keep dying. Yeah, mm-hmm. to hold a code or something of the sort, like a, some, I don't want to say obligation because that's not the word I want to use. Some form of this is something I either want to do or need to do. You still have to be there to do it. Like, you still have to live. And exactly. You have your entire the, existence. Yeah. Yep. You can't dedicate your entire existence if you're only, like, oh, say... You turn 16, you decide, I'm going to be altruistic. You're dead in days. If your entire existence is self-sacrificial, how long does your entire existence last? Yeah, so they have to be inconsistent in their beliefs. 
what Ayn Rand would call a true altruist. Altru, altruist sorry. They have to be inconsistent in their right. belief. And that's her perspective. Which if you if that's reality, then yes, I agree with that. If I were arguing with an altruist right in front of me who espoused the beliefs that you have to give up everything, right? So that those who have not can have. I think it's a fair argument that's a form of collectivism as well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's almost like it's almost communism. Everyone should it. have it's a, like yeah. a bottom up communism, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Communism yeah. is like the top controls and distributes, but the out like a pure altruist would there, be everyone should give up everything individually right. for the person next to them. Sorry, I don't know if you're gonna keep going, but I just realized something. This Yeah, I think this explains the altruists in GTA. I know this is a weird off thing but it just hit me they live up in the mountains and like these rundown cabins and they're all naked it's because they just give everything their clothes included oh like that totally does that may- so they just How live do- in the wilderness that makes so much more smart. although we'll both i think we all agree that means they're still not tr- they're, they're still not inconsistent because yeah. they're alive and they're eating someone else's food yeah so there was something you mentioned about the, the bottom up right where the bottom members are there these like deciding factors. I can't, I wish I remember where it was from. There was one of the videos I was watching was describing it where the perfect man, the like Greek god of the altruistic society, would be the beaten, broken, malnourished person on the side of the road that has nothing left. I, I saw a couple articles and a video that would cite like Jesus as a true altruist, like an alt- altruistic. Yeah, we should get to that. I mean, I'm a I'm a Christian, so. A, a lot of religions. Right. It's a uh, common theme in religion. Yeah. So that self-sacrifice is the way to go. But I, I think that teaching it as a practice is definitely not the same thing as a maximizing philosophy where you take it to the extreme. Yeah. And he took it to the extreme, but he still ate. But it was an eternal sacrifice. It wasn't. It's a totally different. Yeah. It, it is a different. Yeah. Exactly. That's actually a really good segue of something I wanted to talk about. While I was doing some research for the altruism, I came, I was looking for examples, religious examples of altruism. And I came across the Tao religion. And uh, so I, just because of curiosity got the best of me, I wanted to look into like Taoism, what it was and all this. And I came across some of the sacred texts they hold. I mean, it's altruistic tendencies, I should say, is a common theme among all religions. And there were three quotes from the religious text the text by the way is the treatise of the exalted one on response and retribution the quote is renounce much accept little extend your help without seeking reward give to others and do not regret or begrudge your liberality do not regret or begrudge your liberality i don't understand what that means i'm just going to be honest but all the others are very common themes right all the others are very common themes through many religions. Like it itself, karma is is like a point based system for altruism. <laughs> Am I wrong there? It's like leveling up and and leveling down just based on your altruistic <laughs> yeah, behavior. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, of course, like just like any religion, ta- I only brought up Taoism because I ran into it. But uh, I'd like to point out Taoism is nowhere close to altruistic. The self still exists. Yeah, but right. the precepts are there. Yeah. 
And and it's the same in Christianity. Christ says to love your neighbor as yourself. But I th- I found that such a fascinating comment because when it came to like the Jordan Peterson quote, Sean, you're just nodding your head because you're like, yeah, I was so thinking this or something. Yeah. As soon as I put those two together, I was like, that's exactly the same thing. Yeah. You have to love your. He didn't. God didn't say love your neighbor. Love and then right. just stop yeah. as you love yourself, which is immediately saying, hey. Take care of yourself, love yourself, and love your neighbor. And that's exactly what the combination between the present version of altruism and egoism and self-interest and others' interest, how it all just comes together in one, it just fascinated me. Right. And I mean, some things that can be seen as altruistic sort of really aren't, depending on what your values are, right? Mm -hmm. So like sacrificing your time and money to, you know, a friend or someone you love isn't necessarily altruistic because you benefit from that because you want to see them succeed. Seeing them succeed is you succeeding, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. That's why we keep going. So that can be seen as like self. Also, like if nothing else, it <clears throat> makes them happy. Yeah. Which is something that you want. Yeah. And I find it interesting that we get something from other people's happiness. Exactly. That's fascinating to me. And I think it's very clear that altruism is a good thing. But I also think that it's fair to say that you need to define the fact that it's not extreme. Yeah, absolutely. I think we come to that conclusion together. I think the you definitely have to understand and define to yourself that altruism has an extreme side that people mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. and see as true, quote-unquote, altruism. Yeah. I think from here on out, I'm definitely going to view altruism, benevolence toward other people the way I did before. And I'm not going to shift that perspective into meaning someone who believes that they should starve because, because there is someone else that could yeah. use that. You know what I mean? That just doesn't seem like a useful definition to me. I agree. That's not a yeah. useful definition. That's a good way to say that. Like, it's not really a practical one you're going to use. And it's not like it's a growing... As far as I know, it's not like a growing movement of people. Right. There, there are examples everywhere. In my experience, I was a CLS in the military, combat lifesaver for those who don't know. And in CLS, they're like, if someone isn't behind cover, do not go for them. You oh, will, yeah. You will get yourself killed so quickly. Totally makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it was a And ta- once it, you're dead, you're you, no longer a lifesaver. You cannot help anyone. Yeah. So the like biggest thing is, especially during this, this is a whole nother discussion, but so I'm not going to step into it too far. But during wars overseas in the Middle East, it was a tactic that people started using against the American military. Shoot someone in the leg so they couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Wait for another one to come out, shoot them in the leg and just fall down the line because they found out, oh, if I down someone, more people come out. Yeah. They would play on your, yes. on your care for your yeah. fellow soldiers. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It would turn your predictable behavior and make you pray. Yep. That's an interesting application of it. There is a level of vulnerability to helping other people. But I think it's really interesting how I have um, complicated perspectives on evolution. But I'm going to say I believe that we as humans, I think it's fair to say as far as the mind goes, we've been on an upward trajectory. Does that make sense? Okay, I know this is not directly on topic, but I'm just saying, why is it beneficial to humans? We talked about this a little bit because we talked about how cooperation and showing care reciprocity 
is important oh, in the okay. development of yeah. humans yeah, as a we culture, did talk about that. in human culture. And I think that I was just saying, why is that rewarding to us? Is it because of just we know long-term that it will benefit us? Is that why our brains evolved to enjoy mm. helping others? I would have to guess so, because so... Why did we evolve to like like giving and basically yeah yeah why does it send chemicals to the brain where it's like keep doing exactly what's happening i read a i may have listened to it i don't even know if i shared this because i i think i was driving and i don't know i think it might have been a podcast or something i don't remember i hope i shared the source i have to go back and look but but there's there were studies done on altruistic people have you seen this Mm-mm. So they take they can define the heavier altruistic people by determining or choosing from organ donors who are not related to they're just random organ donors, right? Where's this going? But you get do you agree that's probably an altruistic person? Yeah. This is someone yeah. who has no connection to yeah. anyone. Where they're just like and they just yeah. donate organs. Right. Right. Yeah. So if you define that as if that's a fair view of altruism, they use them in experiments on their brain in, in brain scans. And so they can compare those to control populations and they can show different areas of the brain and how they uh, develop and the type of activity in certain areas and things like that. And they do, they scan these brains of these altruistic people and they have a lot more activity in the frontal lobe. And so what they're seeing is people that are extremely selfish have less activity in the, in the frontal lobe and people that are normal have about a normal act, a level of activity in them. So cool. it, immediately you go, huh, am I only nice because <laughs> my brain size, like in this particular development? And it's the brain and the human experience is much more nuanced right, than that. We are not that simple. But but I think they have determined that it does play a role in how altruistic you behave, how developed you are. In fact, there has been links to people with injuries in those areas oh. and their complete selflessness and their complete abandon for their own mm. welfare versus others. And so it's really interesting, I think, just to understand the relationship between the behavior you have when you care for yourself and when you care for others and how extreme on either side definitely it in the like evolutionary chain uh, of discussion I, I don't it's like you can't be fully one or the other just ever you can't Honestly. be yeah like that's what i meant by the straw man argument you're just arguing again you're arguing at a wall because there's nobody there arguing back to you as the human experience goes we if you are completely selfish and you are I want the best of the best at all times, every time. You're going to destroy the people around you. Oh, if you're completely self-interested. Yeah. You'll have no relationships left. No. Yeah. And from an evolutionary standpoint, that trade ain't getting passed on. <laughs> you go it alone. Yeah. Your, I think very quickly your seed dies out. Yeah. There's no going forward. Like... You all right? You may find like one or two people around that like agree with mm-hmm. what you're doing, and okay, maybe you have a child, mm-hmm. but compared to altruistic tendencies, so 
Compare that to there's troops of like juveniles in a lot of primates. They're the excluded males, they're usually oh, in yeah, the yeah. adolescent age range for primates and how they end up banding together. The Lost Boys, right? Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's what you're talking about. And they have highly aggressive behavior and they're they have no they have no reciprocal yeah. relationships. The infighting, the lack of reproduction, I think that it's very clear, even just from an eth- ethic standpoint, that if you abandon the interest of others, then... There's a reason you don't see alpha male st- like structures in complex... Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah that's a good Because it's not just that's about how powerful no. you are. It's about how much, you, how much can you benefit the troop as yeah. a whole. And, and then, as a pure, like egotistical you can't it it is for the self you know we were talking about jordan peterson a lot and he does a talk on this it's he okay he does a talk on how he believes that the world typically views hierarchies as power hierarchies but hierarchies are not really structured on power human hierarchies are not really structured on power where and we'll get into this in other subjects as well i'm sure it'll come up this will come up (laughs) again but when you view everything as a power struggle then you miss the intricacies of that hierarchy. And he said, typically humans don't have power hierarchies. Now, powerful men can end up at the top of them sometimes, but they don't last very long because they're instantly recognized as imposters. So they survive by hiding their, their psychopathic tendencies. Right. That's your nature. Yeah. And when they suppress their psychopathic tendencies, they're eventually found out because of their lack of, emotional stability but he would view human hierarchies as hierarchies of competence but there are multiple hierarchies it's not just like one power hierarchy and so you might be at the on a different trajectory than those around you because you're a different you're part of a different hierarchy anyway i'm not trying to get too into it but i just to get to the top of whatever hierarchy you're in it's competence and it's all about working together and it's all about mutual beneficial involvement and it has nothing to do with just crushing your opponent and that's not how hierarchies work the human experience is so much more than just like being on top yeah if that makes sense yeah the uninformed view it as that especially when you feel like you're at the bottom of a hierarchy it feels like a power struggle and that's not to mean that power isn't to be had at a different level in the hierarchy but that going up of the hierarchy isn't what's at the top of the hierarchy of doctors is it the most right. powerful doctor <laughs> or is it the most competent doctor? Typically over a generalized yeah. understanding, it's competency. And that's how you want society to be structured. Do you want the top doctor to be the most powerful doctor <laughs> or do you want the top doctor to be the most competent doctor? Anyway, that's totally not altruism in a nutshell there, but it just uh, leads into it. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to the beat broken man being on top where like the person who was given his all is, is most respected uh, in the view of altruism. Something that I find curious in human nature is the want to help, but it's not always a good thing because you may not know what other people need. You might misstep and, and I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily if you're trying to help. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely this careful nature that you have to take when, if you're not sure if it's what they need. It's hard enough to tell what we need ourselves. Sometimes we get that wrong, much less knowing what somebody else needs. 
in the intricacies of their life. But there's this quote that Alan Watts, I don't know if he uses it or if he said it himself, but he said, kindly let me help you or you'll drown, said the monkey putting the fish into the tree. While you do have the ability to help, you may unintentionally be hurting someone. And altruism, the way it's viewed, it would be very hard to pull that off. Like a true altruism and it be a good thing because you may misstep while trying to help someone. I agree with that. Yeah, that's true. That is another gray area. It doesn't really... Because there's so many more intricacies than just the basics you think of are like, oh, food, water, things like that. But there's so much more that you can help someone with. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even matter. It could just be emotional support. It doesn't. There could be a lot of you could feel like the need that you have in your life is the need they have in their life. And that's not exactly true. But I mean, a lot of the sources that we checked out, a lot of the things that we read were really based upon like materialistic perspectives. I think that altruism in itself is like if you have one way of looking at the world, we're all we all have our perspective. And then when someone else comes along and you think they might be suffering like the monkey and the fish, right? right? There's somebody floundering and then what they need is maybe not what you have to give them. And you might not have what they need. Yeah. 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 Period. Uh, like you may like, not be yeah. able to help them. Anyway, I just I thought think that, that we've come back around to all we have a sort of universal understanding here. You know, yeah. there are gonna be some episodes where we wrap up and that we're not all really all on the same page and that's gonna be completely fine but i feel like we all agree here am i wrong no no i came to a pretty concrete conclusion with altruism i agree so i think that we all agree if you that altruism is a good thing in normal human practice in the way that we already use it right yeah that surface knowledge that everyone has of altruism i think is, is healthy yeah there's nothing wrong with it really i think you know it was broken down differently like from the Ayn Rand Institute and things like that as to mean something else than what we want it to mean. Because they would say, no, that's benevolence. That's just doing a good thing. I think it's a little ironic that the people who know, who quote unquote know most about the subject are the ones that twist it the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I agree. It's a little, it's a little contrarian. What is, this is getting into sort of a little bit of a different discussion, but they're just describing the terms with how they're explaining them like Like, how do we want this to go into the dictionary kind of thing yeah basically like we as humans control the definitions of words so sticking to this old definition like why can't it change is basically what i'm asking like what's why even have (laughs) altruism since it can't be applied as as we've i heard it labeled like six different ways right and i was like okay we have to come to an agreement over what this means because But you can't just use the dictionary definition because the dictionary, like, we're going to have this problem going forward as we get into new topics. When you go look up just whatever, dictionary.com or something, you put in altruism, it's not going to tell you what the perspectives on altruism are. It's not going to tell you how it's applied. Even the definition was going to mislead you to think that, oh, well, I truly already understand this. And that happened to us when when we first looked it up just to make sure. Yeah, because we thought we had, yeah. oh, it's just a trait yeah, or right. a virtue, and which in reality, the dictionary definition was right, but it doesn't... It's so much more deep. It leaves out, and it, of course, it's a dictionary. It's supposed to summarize it down to the fewest words possible. Right. 
you, it just goes to show you can't look at a definition and say, see, that's not yeah, true. You can't understand something complex with just a definition. And picking it apart is almost pointless, especially when it's like a deep philosophy. Yeah, when you have organizations, philosophies, and conventions devoted to a subject, and then you realize... All right, maybe the definition, of the, maybe the dictionary was a little shallow. Right. <laughs> yeah, duh. Exactly. It definitely exactly. was. But I think that does it for us. I think that we nailed it. That sounded pretty sure of myself. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I think that we have come to the finish line with this one. And I felt comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm, I was really happy with it. It came up with a lot more than I expected. Much deeper discussion than just uh, definitions and thoughts. Yeah, we definitely said, I said... In the last episode, I feel like we're in the shallow end. <laughs> yeah, did you? And we definitely were. Yeah. So that's it for us, and uh, we're going to leave you. And uh, if you'll get online and check us out on Facebook, you can really interact with us and give us sources and really help move our perspectives. And you can uh, like our page on Facebook, see us on Instagram. If you want to submit topics, you can find that link in the show notes or on our Facebook page. And please follow us along as these weeks go by. We're going to be researching topics. Anything that comes onto our plate. As we learn, we hope you do too. We've covered the evidence. We've made our closing statements. You be the judge. <laughs>